Jonathan Yee, I'm doing pretty well. How are you doing? I am fine. You know, things are, I feel like, going to start picking up again in a little bit. You know, we're in, what what week are we in? Week 13, right? Week 13. So we got uh, some tests coming up. Some, I guess you could call them secondary midterms, if you will. <laughs> I mean, secondary midterms or like finals the week before, <laughs> you know, or like not necessarily finals. I guess they are kind of our finals, right? Because you, you know, that we have that week, you know. And then we have the week of midterms, and then right after that, we have finals the following week. So, yeah. It's the midterm for the midterm, you could call it. Or the final for the final. So there's like the, oh, this is the test that encompasses the last couple topics, and then we'll make you study everything. <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, we're, I mean, we're starting to close, you know, close in on the year soon, right? You know, just thinking about it is stressing me out. So I need to, I think I need to have a nice drink. Here. <laughs> what a great transition. Let me hear that pop, man. Um, I have like PTSD because I feel like every time I'm going to make a mess. But luckily Ooh, I go. did not this time. And All right. I got, this is not like a low key beer. It's very well known. It's Mango Cart Spicy Mango. It's uh-huh. like, I've never had the spicy version, but I love the regular version. So I just grabbed it and. <laughs> It's just a good beer. I, I already know I like this beer. I see. Okay. Well, here's one for you because I also have a drink here. Now, this is it's, it's a bit weird. I'm a little bit scared to drink this. Okay. Wow. Now, the, <laughs> it's called the botanical soda, a botanical cola beverage. So I'm a bit concerned. Um, it's Fentiman's traditional curiosity cola. If you want to see it. Ooh, yeah. that looks intriguing to see it does look least. intriguing yes why is it and so dark it looks like tar it's, it's cola but no that looks dark dude like that looks really dark Ooh, oh that sounded like it almost made a mess no no it's it's fine and so yeah it, it does look a bit dark but i feel like this is what cola generally looks like for those of you guys that can't see this because this is a podcast on a video <laughs> hopefully we'll get to a video right um Ooh, that's good yeah oh that's good yeah wow this is like like it's weird. I've never drank anything, or I guess it's, I don't really drink hot sauce or anything. But like, I've never just drank a glass of something that's actually spicy like that. Would you say like a cinnamon drink is a little bit spicy at times? It has a little bit of spicy notes to it, though. Yeah, but it's a di- you know it's a different kind of spice. I I don't know, but maybe I'll that's try. Like, and, you know, in that's the like have you ever had a ginger shot? Oh yeah, dude, those are those hit pretty hard. Those are spicy. Yeah, those burn. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Okay, let me let me take it a little sip of mine too. Oh, <laughs> oh! Johnny's face is a pure disgust right now. It tastes like um, flowers. You know, it, it. I don't know, man, dude. This is it's a bit medicinal. I feel like maybe this is what Coca Cola originally started out as. Um, it definitely did pique my curiosity, hence maybe the name Curiosity Cola. But if you guys are going for a Coca-Cola or like a cola beverage, please do not go for Curiosity Cola unless you guys maybe are thinking that it wow. would be. 
I don't know. It, it tastes like something. It, it, there's like this Korean medicine that I am not a strong believer in. Like it's like ginseng, right? Oh, ginseng is is like I a think really that's weird flavor. Yeah, but that's like that's what it reminds me of. And maybe some of you guys out there like that, but I'm not a fan of that ginseng. Like it has like that medicinal aftertaste. So um, I'll sip at it, you know, don't get me wrong, but I, I'm not enjoying myself necessarily. So Curiosity mm-hmm. Code immediately has a low U2 scale rating. Yeah, it does. It does. Hey, it so, happens. Not everyone yeah. can be a winner. So next, you know, at the end of the episode, you guys will figure out how many U2s I'd give this. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so <laughs> with this horrible drink to start off, for you, a great drink. What are we talking about today, Andrew? So as the season is upon us, that is transfer season. And mm-hmm. Johnny, me and you were both transfers of into this wonderful school that we call nah, CPP. I'm a pure CPP <laughs> student. We okay. are going to be talking about, you know, transferring, what our experience was, what to expect and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. However, this does not, while it will be focused kind of around CPP, um, I think a lot of this stuff that we are going to say apply to other schools. However, we'll have a direct correlation with our school, of course. Right. Um, and and this comes, this episode comes uh, of not necessarily like a direct demand. However, uh, I'm pretty active active on Reddit. You know that. Right. Um, and quite a lot of people have been asking a few questions on the like Reddit. And I've seen it going around on like engineering su- students subreddit and even CPP stu- uh, uh, subreddit. Mm-hmm. It's going around. They're saying, hey, I'm a transfer student. Things are looking a little weird for me. Right? Am I doing the right thing? And so we wanted to help clear up some of those questions because when I was a transfer, I also had a lot of questions. And I didn't right. have that person to ask. So, Yeah. And, and then on top of that, with, with I, know, I know that we're um, starting to see the end of the tunnel, hopefully – you know, I don't want to be jinxing this, but the pandemic is now like over a year, right? And we're just hoping that it's over. But again, students are getting into this place where uh, as a transfer, you have to, you know, go to orientation and stuff like that. And though we, we can't really, you know, I guess like tell you how orientation is online, we can tell you how classes are online and we can tell you the culture of CPP or the culture of transferring and all that stuff. Um, there's a there's a bit of a mix up that's not normally what's what it's like and so maybe we can even portray some of that as well in the midst of our conversation i don't know i mean we'll see where it goes right yeah and actually i don't know maybe i'm one of the few that think this i don't know how you'll feel about this actually but and this is kind of something that we'll touch on too i feel like you know having a, a remote or online environment and learning environment is not that different than from in person for us because we're you know and this is something we're going to touch on there's so much material that you're constantly teaching yourself Mm -hmm. so learning online isn't a bad thing i don't think possibly yeah and we can touch on like and you know i don't know like i will i mean i do know right but we'll we'll definitely be touching on that you know in the episode as we have planned to talk about that in a little bit more depth right yeah, and before we start, uh, we're probably not going to answer all your questions as a transfer because you're probably having an existential crisis about you know transferring into this new school and you don't know what's going on. It's totally fair. I was too. So I'm going to plug it early so you don't forget, and we'll plug it at the end too. If you have a question that we don't answer, email us at podcast at gmail, 
and we'll like gladly answer it because like I said, me and Johnny just want to answer those questions that you guys have. And right. we were yeah. in a place where we didn't have this as a resource. And so that's all we want. Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely freaking out trying to figure out, uh, especially with the school that you know we're in with the registration, it could be a bit of a nightmare. So it always is a little bit more calming when you get some input from people that are already experiencing, you know, what, you know, you're going to be going through in the future. So, yeah. Yeah. I literally went up to his, uh, a student, I forgot his name at, in, at an AIAA, like UR meeting. And I was like, this is my schedule. Does it look okay? And he was like, <laughs> I, I don't know you, but yeah, your schedule looks great. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> I had no idea who he was. Oh, geez. I kind of have a similar situation like that, but you know, I guess I should just go over it right now. I remember I showed someone my schedule. They're like, okay, wait, one. Well, first of all, I could, I'll obviously tell you're a transfer because you're, as a transfer, this is something that happens. You, you end up taking freshman, sophomore, junior, you know, classes all at once, right? Yeah. Yeah. But they're like, one, you're a transfer. Two, um, your question asked. So this is a question I specifically asked. Is it possible for me to graduate in two years? And they were like, definitely not. And I was like, uh, I guess I'm in the Aero program for three years. That's right, baby. Three years yeah. CPB transfer for life. Yeah. yeah. Two years is near impossible, guys. Uh, for those of you guys out there that are at least in Cal, uh, at Cal Poly Pomona, from my understanding, and then uh, I think all engineering transfers for Cal Poly Pomona are basically three years. I may be wrong, but I know mechanical is, I know chemical is, and I believe, excuse me, also civil. So, yeah. But- Anyways, we're talking about our beginning moments at CPP. So I, was, I thought it'd be apt of us to really talk about our initial impression of Cal Poly Pomona, of maybe just university in general, and then maybe of that as opposed to uh, that of community college. And maybe we could talk about the culture. We could talk about um, maybe aesthetically uh what it looked like. My community college was a great looking community college. We could talk about the amenities. We could talk about a lot of stuff. I don't know. We're going to see where it goes. But Andrew, what was your initial impression of Cal Poly Pomona? Was it amazing? Was it absolute garbage? Was it somewhere in between? I thought it was really cool. So the first time I saw the campus, like because I had never seen Cal Poly Pomona prior to orientation day. And even orientation mm -hmm. day, we didn't see a lot of the campus. Right. Um. But actually, during orientation day, you don't get to see, like, the super cool parts of campus. You get, like, you get put into a really big, um, like, auditorium room mm -hmm. with, like, 500 other students. I don't know how they're – I mean, I think they're doing it now online. But I did not get to see, like, the cool parts of campus. Like, I didn't get to see the engineering labs. I didn't get to see the Koi Pond, which I think is so cool that our school has. Um, I saw the Spaceship Building, which is, like, the new administration building. And I thought it was like a really cool building uh, just because like the the design of it, I guess. But um, like my initial impression was like the school is nice. It's I thought it was big, but I it turns out it's not as big as I thought it was. Mm -hmm. um, if But it is big if you account for like the horse farm, the field, the farmer's market, all the agriculture departments, huge, right? Right, right. Um, but then when I actually started, I was like, wow, CPP is so cool. I thought the labs were amazing. I was walking <laughs> through the engineering building and I was like, I can't wait to get, you know, involved in all these labs. I don't know if you know this, we have a foundry. Um, 
like where they do hot metals at our school. Whoa, I did not know that. So it's part of the materials engineering program, I think. And they will literally, you could go in there and do like smelting. And I mean, it's a lab. It's a lab. Yeah. Like you have to be in, in the cl- the lab, but just, I saw these really cool things. And then I also saw, this was because I was in LRL. I get, I got to see like a, I want to say like a 30 foot, 20 foot long uh, steel break. I don't know if you know what a break is. Do you know what a break is? I don't think we're talking. My knowledge of a break is probably very different from yours. So please explain. So it's something that you could use to shear steel, like straight down. Right. And, you know, it's a a 20, 15, 20 foot long steel break. And we were able to shear. I'm getting so sidetracked because this has nothing to do with the school. It's just part of the school. (laughs) Um, We were able to cut half inch thick steel with the break. And it was like a 30 inch long piece. It was so cool. I was like, wow, that's insane. Cause you know, that thing's from like the twenties and it's Dang. still working at CPP. But anyways, I thought the school was really cool. Um, I thought it was big. I got really confused walking around campus. I thought the amount of people that drove there and the parking situation was absolutely ludicrous. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, that that is definitely one of the big things that does pop out right away from community college into university yeah but i mean other other than that like the engineering building that we have is i thought was really cool because in our like the 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 lab you have all the planes hanging from the ceilings i don't know what that's called like the a quad or something it's uh, yeah i know what you mean it's like the entrance to basically all the engineering building like or building 17 that's what what we're talking about basically Yeah. Yeah. And I thought it was so cool to see all the planes and, you know, Formula SAE and Baja have their car underneath the stairs. I thought that was really cool. They have their trophies displayed. So I, I thought it was really cool. And I know one night for sure I left statics and I was walking through that building and atrium and I looked at all the planes hanging and I actually took a picture in my phone because it was like the first moment at, at school where I felt like insanely proud to be where I was. And like I had this overwhelming sense of like, wow, I'm a Bronco, as corny as that sounds. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I'm really glad I'm here. I can't wait to see what the future holds me. And then like I had a mental breakdown like two days later. No big deal. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I had this like this awesome experience when I first got there. I think. Right, and I, you know, maybe I don't know. Maybe my experience is a little bit different, but I could definitely see the, uh, you know, I don't know. My my initial impression of CPP was quite underwhelming but i think it was very inact in, like it was not accurate of what cpp was so orientation day was my first I, I think it's so odd because a lot of students actually before they go to a university commit they actually go onto the campus to see if they'd enjoy the campus and maybe this is more of a freshman thing right more transfers and at this point maybe we just don't care enough to, about the campus we're like we just want to go for the program we want to get in we want to get out i don't know if that's the mentality that you have andrew but i feel like that's the mentality that a lot of transfers may have um and so you know going in i was I, I went i went i didn't know what the campus looked like like the way that i looked at the campus was through google maps like you using google satellite and i was like oh shoot the campus and i i think i only looked at the engineering meadow so the engineering side and i i genuinely thought that that was the entire campus <laughs> and it was still bigger than my school i felt like i felt like it was bigger than my school uh I end up going, you know, you see the CLA. I was, first of all, really confused with how to park and all that stuff during orientation, but I go and 
I remember during orientation, we're walking, we have to walk all the way to building 17, try to register our classes, absolute hot mess. And you know, guys, if you guys are CPP and you guys are having issues with registration, I still am. And it's saying that (laughs) (laughs) Andrew's I'm I'm going in as a senior. And so um, I'm still having issues and they're saying, hey, you don't qualify for this class. And I'm like, I I literally do qualify. but anyways, that was like every single class for CPP. Like every single class, like they're like, hey, you can't take dynamics. And they're like, the prereq is statics. I'm like, yo, I already took statics. Uh, but like, imagine that for every single class. Anyways, uh, we walked across the engineering meadow and I was like, dude, this class, this place is huge. And I was only looking at the engineering meadow. And I, I genuinely thought up until I, until the first day of school, I genuinely thought that basically the engineering meadow was the entire school. And I was like, oh, I, I mean, this is not as nice looking as my Kimmy College, but you know, it, it'll do, right? And I didn't know there was another parking structure. I didn't know there was a brick. I didn't know anything. So, like Andrew's experience yeah, of like, you know, yeah, the brick is the gym. For those of you guys that don't know, we have a really nice gym. It has like a, oh, a so climbing nice. wall. It has you know like three or four stories, I believe. It has a basketball, you know, a bunch of basketball. You know, it's it's a really nice place. It's brand new. We are very blessed to have it. I have yet to go rock climbing on that. Wow. As do I. As do I. Maybe we'll do it, man. It'll be like a we'll, senior year, a symbolic moment right after we, we finish our final. We're like, we're gonna go to the rock climbing wall. We're gonna reach the top as a and, symbolism to us. <laughs> and and we're gonna go, and they're gonna be like, that's gonna be five ninety five. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. It comes included with your 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 school tuition, so it's a lot more than five ninety five. But you you know you pay for it, so you might as well use it. Yeah, might as well. But yeah, like. You know, I didn't get to see any of that stuff. I didn't know we had horse stables. I don't know all that. I just I just knew the engineering meadow and that one parking structure, which CPP students call the old parking structure. And so quite underwhelming. But I think for me, the exciting part was the fact that I, I and, you know, this is something that I feel like is very prevalent, not just across, um, I want to say, not just across transfer students, but all students. Um, I want to say at least in aerospace, cause you know, that's our community that we're with, but it's like imposter syndrome. But for me, a little of that went away as I was now officially at a university and the university was like, Hey, we think you can be in aerospace. And they kind of accepted me. And then that's when I was like, Oh shoot, maybe things are starting to, you know, actually happen. The ball is maybe starting to roll along. And so, wow. yeah, like my, my initial impression of CPP as like a school wasn't so high and mighty. I'm pretty sure maybe if you go from um, high school into university, I think that jump might be like, oh my gosh, like I don't have to ask a teacher to go to the bathroom. Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, like I just walk wherever I want to like, oh, people just hang out in the library. <laughs> like, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Right. It's like, remember when your teacher in high school was like, you think your professors are going to stand for when you do that? Your professors don't care 90% yeah. of the time. Yeah. And so like, I mean, as long as you're not like taking a test, right? Like, yeah. like I'm okay, especially with you know, some of the professors we have. However, you know, like, I think for me, like that, that jump from community college straight into uh, university, at least on first initial impression, because my initial impressions aren't necessarily that of the classes, right? I don't know if we're talking about classes yet. It doesn't seem like we did, right? No, but my not initial- material. Right. Uh, my initial impression of just like being in university, it was a bit overwhelming because there was a, a steep learning curve uh, in terms of this is the culture of our university. This is the culture 
um, in the program, like kind of, right? Um, and then this is what the school is, and I'm just trying to figure out how to go everywhere. And like, like just finding out, the, oh, the school is like not just the Engineering Meadow, though you will be there quite a lot. And the Engineering Meadow guys, for these, those of you guys that are not at CPP, is like just a patch of grass. Yeah, I don't know why they call it the Engineering Meadow. It's just a field. It's like a, it's like a football field. But there's yeah. nothing engineering. It's just that it's bet- between two engineering buildings. Three? Two? Three? Yeah, oh, I guess three. And like One's two and a half. One is an art. Yeah. And also, yeah. But like basically all the engineering buildings kind of surround it uh, that I'm aware of. Maybe there are other engineering buildings elsewhere, but the ones that I am associated with are those three buildings. And so. Did, did you use the app to navigate campus? Because I did. There's an app? Yeah, there's an app. It's like. Uh, CPP student app or something like that and the app actually connects to your phone's location and it will like guide you so I use that to get around for my first semester dang no I did not and I was that student that had like a longboard and if you guys don't know CPP I know we're like we're like getting really off track but I think it's kind of like a throwback it's because it's, it's so funny to think that at one point when I was at Cal Poly Pomona I didn't know what I was doing and I was super nervous and I was, I was, you know, but I was like, guys, this is California, Southern California. And going into like the fall semester, I don't know where other places are like, but when we go into the fall semester, it's like August, middle of it's August. Hot. It's it's still a summer. Yeah. And so I'm longboarding and Cal Poly Pomona is extremely hilly. Right. And yes. like, and so like, I'm like, I'm like, I refuse to be a, like a longboarder that is going to carry my longboard everywhere I go. And so I would like fight gravity up a hill. I'd like go on a slope and I'd still be kicking. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I would end up sweaty everywhere. But yeah, like my initial impression was underwhelming, but that, I don't know if that changed. Well, I guess I'll, as I talk about it, we'll, we'll figure that out. But yeah, I noticed that you and I, we have a very different impression of Cal Poly Pomona. So you mentioned something that's funny. And I think that we have very opposite like takes on this as well but you mentioned that your imposter syndrome went away when you got there because you thought you were good enough for university not went away it there was a a shrinkage of it if that makes sense so mine i think was actually amplified because i saw the talent around me i guess you could say and i basically started instantly a typical andrew move started comparing myself to others and i said wow all these people are smarter than me so they're going to like outshine me in the program basically. And it's not about outshining anybody. That doesn't matter. You know, professors don't play favorites, not all the time. Um, <laughs> but, you know, that's just what my, you know, I guess my naiveness, I don't know what, whatever uh-huh. you want to call it, um, thought like, hey, I'm not good enough to be here. I don't know. Maybe it was a fluke. Maybe they meant another Andrew Diamond and I just happened to get in. Another Andrew Diamond. <laughs> and, uh, but, but that was not, you know, that'll go away. That'll definitely right. like, that's a huge, huge thing. If you have imposter syndrome, that's normal, I think. I mean, I think people carry imposter syndrome even into their career. Right? Oh, I think so. I, I think yeah. it just, you know, it depends on where you are. And like, there's going to always be that sliver of doubt, no matter mm-hmm. what you do. Right. And, but I mean, I do want to say as an explanation, I think of why you, Andrew, probably had an amplification of imposter syndrome. I think you surrounded yourself with people that are actually you know, are, are the smarter people, right? Um, I, I mean, I'm not saying that the people that I surrounded myself with are not smart people, but like knowing the the community that you have, I think those people are very sharp-minded. 
um, in very, you know, I don't want to say cream of the crop of our, our program, but I would say, you know, I could argue and debate that that could potentially be yeah. the case. And so, yeah. yeah, I definitely actually agree with that because I basically, my first friends were like, shout out to Will and Eldrin and Alan. Mm -hmm. These were all people that came from like JC and had backgrounds in aerospace already. And, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of aerospace was new to me transferring in. So when right. I was in these classes with them, I was like, what? Like, I don't, you need to take a couple steps back. And, and so like, it was intimidating, but they taught me a lot my first semester. And mm -hmm. I, I, I will say after the first, like your first semester, it's an adjustment semester for sure. But right. after that, you bounce right into it, I think. Right, right. I, no, I entirely agree with you. I think, you know, the first semester is probably going to be the toughest. It didn't help for me because in my own personal life, what happened was going into CPP, I ended up having to move out of my house because my house like flooded and it wasn't a flood because floods don't actually happen here that often. But it was like a, we had a pipe like burst in the house and I had to move out of the house for like a couple months. And I was like, I was going through a, quite a lot of change. Right. But after that first semester, you know, things start to settle down. But, you know, I think with, with that being said, like, there are still things that did like stick out to us quite so like a sore thumb beyond just initial impressions. And that would be, I think the, the meat and potatoes of our conversation. Actually, I don't know. Right. But I, I would say that academically the material and the substance behind it was a little bit different um, from what my initial impression was. I was wondering how you felt about the material at, uh, you know, in the aero program for CPP. Yeah, so that's a great question. And it's also like, I think we mentioned it before, but it's worth mentioning because somebody specifically asked me this question the other day mm -hmm. on Reddit. So I'm going to touch back on it. So you transfer into, G into CPP and you have to take so many classes that are one and two units that you end up taking like 15 units, which equates to like seven or eight classes. Mm -hmm. And it's super overwhelming. And so I was in that position. I was taking seven classes my first semester and commuting. And, you know, I was used to taking three classes for 12 units. I had no idea what time commitment 12 units, or I mean, sorry, seven classes would be. But that's just what you have to do if you want to transfer out in three years. Um, but it was absolutely ridiculous because... I was used to, you know, taking my classes at JC and, you know, kind of putting, uh, we talked about this earlier. I was intending to come to CPP, put my 100% into every single class and, you know, be an all-star basically. But mm -hmm. the truth I learned really shortly is that you cannot give 100% to every single class. You have to learn to prioritize and manage your time right. in, a, in a delicate way, I guess you could say. And that's just because some classes are more intense than others. Mm -hmm. um, and you're going to have to, you know, prioritize what you need to focus on more in terms of time-wise. Right. However, my impression of, like, the program and the curriculum, I was interested in it because it was like, I was like, okay, it's no longer, like, you know, just general physics or whatever. We're talking about planes. We're talking about rockets. We're talking about all these really cool things. But also a lot of the stuff that we're talking about scared me, like desperately scared me uh, because I didn't have a lot of understanding in some of these things. So I was kind of scared that, you know, I was going to fall through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know if I've mentioned this. I know I've told you, but 
CPP the first like three weeks of school as a transfer, I literally cried like five or six times. That is crazy. On the way home, because I was like, I am not going to be able to make it through my first semester. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to make it in this program. I am not like cut out for it, bro. And I'm what about a lie, to, huh? I know what a lie. I'm a senior. A I'm lie. about to be a senior. Cream of the crop, Mr. Diamond. <laughs> you are cream of the crop. So, but like the thing is, it's not an effect of the school. It's not the fault of the school. It's just entirely how this Cal State system works and the amount of units and classes that we have to take as an aero undergrad. And mm -hmm. so it can really make you feel super vulnerable, I guess, and super overwhelmed and overworked. Mm -hmm. And so I felt that way. I was not expecting that because I was taking really hard classes, I think, in my first semester, especially right. it didn't help that I didn't have that understanding. And it was also the first time that I felt I had to like teach myself so much material mm -hmm. because there's just so much material that we're constantly learning in the program that you don't the t professor doesn't have time to teach you everything you need to know right so you you have to go home and you know you have to do your homework and when you do your homework and you run into a problem that you don't know you have to like you know break it down and and research it analyze it you know and if that means finding a book example that's fine if that means finding a Chegg example and figuring out what they did that's a totally acceptable approach as well i think and i think right. you'd agree oh yeah no i, I entirely agree i think at the end of the day, whatever gets you to understand what you're doing, right? That's like, that's the important part. If it, you know, I mean, within reason, I, I don't want you to go and, you know, try to, I don't know. I don't know what crazy thing someone might do to try to learn, but we're talking the normal means and mediums that we think are to learning, which is, you know, reverse engineering a question or going through it step-by-step step by looking at the answers through check, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, you're actually, sorry, I, I kind of cut in there. What no, you you're fine. You're fine. Um, but it was just, it was a lot all at once and, you know, it's going to happen. I think to everybody as a transfer to some degree, maybe mm -hmm. mine was amplified because I was also commuting and, you know, I didn't have like anybody to any friends to really lean on at the time to like understand right, right. what I was going through. But like, I was concerned. I, I, I remember I was walking to class and I had saw somebody that was in our class. You know him. Shout out to Long. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I walked up to him and I was like, hey, I am I just transferred to the department. This professor is scaring me. And like, because I don't know what's going on in that class. Like, I feel like I'm in that class and it's a foreign language. And he just looks at me and he goes, oh, dude, don't worry. You'll get used to it. <laughs> and and like, I guess I was, I wasn't sure if I should be happy or scared that he said that because like, what does that mean? You'll get used to it. Like you'll learn how to cope. Like you'll learn how to just hide your tears or what, but yeah. he was right. I got used to it. And I, I ended up like, you know, I worked, it worked out. I got an A in the class, even though. I know, you, know. you did. Yeah. <laughs> I know you did. I but, didn't do so well in that class, but Hey, no, but, I mean, it, yeah, you know, go everybody's going to have their, their own and like yours is going to be totally different than me, I think. So why don't you tell us about yours? Yeah. So for me, I think going into university, well, first of all, here, here, here's the thing. Andrew came in from, and this is something I think that needs to be a distinction that's made. And I'm not even like, like Andrew, it looks like you're, you're scared that I might talk crap on you. No, by no, any no. means. 
Yeah. So Andrew came from a, a community college that didn't offer engineering courses, right? Right, Andrew? That is correct. I mean, there was one, but it was too far for me to go to. Yeah. So he, he didn't take statics. And I know that there are community colleges elsewhere that offer statics or um, some even offer dynamics, right? And some even offer other classes like, I mean, I want to say other materials and so on. I, I can go on and on. Now, so with that in mind, Andrew had to actually come into community college, not from community college into um, Cal Poly Pomona, our university, having to take those courses. And so his course, his your coursework, I think, in my opinion, was a lot heavier than that of other students that are transferring that in. Yeah. So, but but with that, Andrew was able to get past it, and I think it's really good because Andrew, you come from a place where you don't necessarily have all the you haven't checked off all the classes you can in um, community college right but yet you came in and you you've conquered those classes and now you're you're on the same page as i am and i came in with a little bit more classes than you but you're actually i think arguably ahead of me in certain courses right yeah and actually that brings up a really good point as well i think that if there's classes that you that your community college offers but you don't have to take it and you're comfortable with not taking it, I think that's sometimes worth it. Because right. if you're going to take, it depends on the class though, I think. Um, if you're ta- planning on taking a class, like I'm thinking of a series class where there's a one and two. So mm-hmm. if you could take a stress analysis class in JC, but you're going to transfer in halfway through the series and go to CPP, I probably would recommend not taking that stress analysis class because mm-hmm. you're going to have to either retake it or if they accept it, you're going to have to take the second version, which I mean, I know people are going to be like, Oh, stress analysis is stress analysis, but that's not true. Right. Um, and you're going to have to take it out of our department and our department has a, you know, particular professor that tests his students in a very particular way. So right. you may not be su- setting yourself up for success. I mean, even if the substance is, you know, like the same the class culture might be different because the teacher provides a different sort of environment right for sure every teacher is different um but yeah like like i was saying um like andrew your experiences you came in with not all the classes that you could have necessarily taken but due to your circumstances you didn't go out of the way to take those classes because you maybe thought it wasn't worth it to drive out that far right yeah 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 and like the point i think i'm trying to make is Hey, if Andrew can, and I'm not dissing you, Andrew, by any means, but I'm pretty sure there's some certain people out there that are transferring and they're concerned like, hey, I don't have all these classes. Am I ready to transfer? Um, or like, I don't think I'm prepared to transfer, but I'm like, you know, I I've, I feel like I've overstayed my time at community college. Like, you're fine. I think you'll make it through. Uh, put in the work and I think you'll be fine. On the other hand, for me, I, I really overstayed my time at community college because I stayed four years now, if someone stays longer than four years, I'm pretty sure everyone has their own reasons, right? Me, it was just I was being very dumb and I was being a studious student. Uh, and that that's my reason for it. By no means do I think it's an excuse, but hey, I've learned from it. But going into community college and then from there going and lear- making my mistakes there and learning and then going into university, I found for the most part to be not that bad. It was not as bad for me. I didn't find it difficult. And of course... Um, maybe, you know, Andrew, I know that you were, uh, you know, computational methods, right? That was the class that was really hard. Like, oh my God, that class killed me. Yeah, that MATLAB, was, would, right? 
it was the last class and so we were there till like 10 o'clock at night i would practically walk to my car in tears because yeah. it was so brutal on me right and so i'm like throwing out these details right now that andrew hasn't said and you're maybe you guys are like what the heck how does that johnny i mean like we andrew and i talk outside this right but um i've had a different experience because you know may i i i know computer science i i i, see, I taught it before coming into university and then also had a lot more classes that I had under my belt, at least from an engineering stance going in. And so I thought it was relatively not that bad. Actually going into university, I thought I talked to a couple of friends that are in university and and they they were transfers as well, um, or some of them even graduated. And, and one of my friends, he's from Berkeley and he graduated for ME um, from Berkeley. And I asked him, hey, so like I really did struggle in this class but I've like learned a lot from it and now I'm doing really well. Like, how do you feel about me? It was physics one. I was like, dude, I really struggled in physics one, but I learned how to study through that. Uh, how hard is it in university? He's like, bro, you're screwed. I was like, yo, you're my friend. What the heck, man? Like you can't, you know, at least like, you know, you sugarcoat it or anything. He's like, nah, dude, it's freaking rough. But you know, that's Berkeley, right? And here I am at CPP and it's probably a different experience. And so I thought I was going to go in and I thought I was going to get pummeled to the ground. I myself had, I would say, one mental breakdown, and I've already said it before. It was for my dynamics test, the first one, and I thought it was a defining moment for me. I thought it was like this is this is a make it or break it moment, Johnny. Like either you, you know, put your stamp on the engineering program and you make yourself known, and you you title yourself <laughs> an engineering student here and now by you know doing well on that test. Or, you know, you walk away in shame and you basically drop out of the program. And I, I put so much weight on this test. And like I said before, th- I've said this in a previous episode, right? But that was my big moment. And and then I did okay. I, I studied for it and, you know, I got like a B plus, right? And yeah, like, I, I guess like that was my moment of like, oh, I think I can do this. I can do this. And that's kind of when like the imposter syndrome just kind of like wicked away. And I was like, yeah, dude, this is freaking, yo, like. I think at that point I was like, wait, if I can do this, and I, I felt like I studied less for that test than any of the tests I've ever taken for my like last courses at community college. And I was like, bro, this is easy. And I, and that's kind of how I thought. And then I took another class later on down the road. It was just structures class. <laughs> and I was, I was humbled again. But um, the realization for me was, hey, this is not as hard as I thought it was, and I could definitely handle it. And so um, the workload, again, I think I agree with you, Andrew, in, in terms of, you know, the class material, you definitely, you know, learn that you need to teach yourself more. That is something that it definitely did pick up at CPP more than, you know, in community college. I realized, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you need to learn and all that stuff is not going to be compacted into one hour, two hours, three hours max, four hours, actually, right? Four hours max in a week. And so uh, yeah, actually, I entirely agree with you. What's I'm up? sorry for interrupting. I was just going to say that I used to be the student that would like get mad if my professor didn't teach me something. But now mm-hmm. I, I completely understand. Like there's just so much out there. Whoa. What was that? Sorry. That was my soda stream bottle. <laughs> <laughs> I gave up on the soda, man. That cola is gross. <laughs> All right. You hear it here. You, you, you guys heard it here. Don't, don't get that soda, whatever it is. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to just have some sparkling water. Please proceed. You're laughing so hard. So I used to be like, why would he give us this kind of ridiculous problem if he wouldn't teach us, you know? But 
It's going to happen. Get used to it now. Like, if you're a transfer student at CPP, at least, just get used to it now. Like, there's no point in complaining about it. There's no point in, like, uh, you know, do do whatever you want. You can have your pity moment. That's fine. Like, I had plenty of pity moments. But it's just something that you're going to have to deal with. I don't know. I'm sure it happens in other departments as well. So, mm-hmm. And other schools, I should say, as well. So, um, you know, it, just take it with a grain of salt, I guess, and, you know, right. run with it. Right. And yeah, like it, it's just so much stuff. There's so much stuff you need to learn. And honestly, some of that stuff, I, I'm going to be very blatantly honest now. I thought is absolutely useless. So useless. Like I do not need to, <laughs> Andrew, I don't, I mean, okay. I'm, I'm still, I'm, I'm going to get crucified for this. I know that the Wright brothers flew out of, oh, geez. Is it, is it North Carolina? 1903 North Carolina, right? I believe it's North Carolina. Um, <laughs> that is not going to help me design an airplane or do stress analysis. However, it's good to know the roots of my, you know, of my degree. And dare you disrespect the Wright brothers? Hey, I'm not. I'm not disrespecting the Wright I'm brothers, especially with the ingenuity and you know how it flew and your third successful flight, from my understanding, right over Wright Field, as they call it, but. Yeah, I mean, some of the material is unnecessary. However, it's material that you still need to take in. And um, it's just, you know, you, you got to definitely put in the time. And here, here's something that I said earlier that we said earlier, Andrew, you and I. Um, but just because you're going from being a transfer, you know, just because you're coming from community college into university doesn't mean you as an individual should be studying on your own. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I know it's awkward. I know that, you know, I don't know what your community college experience was, Andrew. I don't know, listeners out there, what your guys' community college experience is if you guys are in community college or were in it at one point. But mine was that I did not talk with people. Well, I, I started doing it at the end when I realized I needed to survive some of my classes by being able to talk with people and studying with them in groups. And, you know, I made really good friends like that. However, you need to do that again. You need to do that again at university. And, Unless you, I mean, like Andrew and I, we, we have like a pretty good system going where we, we, we generally study together. Uh, but that needs to happen as well in university. You need that basically. I think it's a need for every single student. Maybe some work better on their own, but for the most part, I think most students require a group study session to be going on because it keeps you guys all in check. And so uh, that is something that I, you know, would want to point out as well. Uh, that is something that I realize is an absolute need with all that studying that's going on, right? Like I can't teach myself everything um, or I'm going to try to teach myself everything, but it might be really hard to do it on my own. But when I bring other people in, even though it's really hard for me as a, a student, a transfer student to figure out the layout of my school. And then on top of that, to try to make new friends, you know, like get myself uncomfortable again. Like it's an absolute must, at least for me. And I would recommend that to every single student going into a university, please, please, please make yourself uncomfortable and find some people to study with and make sure that you are the dumbest person as well in that group. I think I'm dumber than Andrew. And you know what? I benefit from it. I don't know about that. (laughs) I think we have our shining moments. No, I definitely agree with that because like for a good example, and I know that, you know, we talk about like coding a lot, but this is so true for projects and code Mm -hmm. because I worked on a code like two weeks ago for probably four hours 
and I troubleshooted for two of those hours and I could not get the code to work. And I text Johnny. I said, Hey, when you get home, I need your help. I need you to look at my code because I can't get it to run. And sure enough, he comes home an hour later. He looks at my code. I'm not exaggerating within 30 seconds. He was like, Oh, your problem's this. Just change this first try. The code runs. So I think it's super important to, you know, have that like network with your friends. Um, it is, it can be a little bit uncomfortable, especially now with zoom. Like I, I couldn't imagine not yeah. having friends prior to zoom. That would be really devastating. I think, mm-hmm. but some classes, I think some classes you could study alone, like math class. I think for the most part, you could do math alone. However, you know, it depends on the person as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like classes where I don't think I'd want to study alone. And and now, like me, you, and even some other friends have some really effective ways of studying on mm-hmm. Zoom. Mm-hmm. And it's like super helpful, especially if you have like an, I don't know if you guys have an iPad or like a Windows Surface, whatever those things are called. Yes. Fire. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You could make some great study sessions out of that. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, these are like, I, I mean, I wish I knew this like even earlier on in, in community college, but it was, it was a fact that I told myself in community college, like I need a group to study with for certain classes, but I kind of lost that at, at CPP and it, it's kind of further amplified the idea behind it because at least for us, Andrew, you and I, our school is a commuter school. Oh, for and sure. so our school being a commuter school, that means it's kind of the, 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 the culture that I had at my community college, um, the culture was kind of the same because um, we just do our thing and then we just leave. And so it was kind of the same thing. Just do your thing at, at, at Cal Poly Pomona and then just leave. And so it, it's kind of important that you not leave. And instead you stick around, you, you, you get uncomfortable and ask these people, Hey, you want to do a study session at the library, like rent out a room, make use of those amenities around you. Um, and then afterwards it could even be like, Hey, you want to like chill and play some ball, right? All this stuff. If you want to go lift, right? Whatever it is. Right. But then, camaraderie and like, you know, getting, you know, I guess into a study session and all that stuff is really good and really beneficial. And so, you know, I, I wish I knew that a little bit earlier, but you know, I, I eventually got to it. And so that's something that I think is really imperative and something important that I want to reemphasize again. Cause I know we said this earlier too, but I think just looking back at it, like, I don't know, maybe I would not have gotten through structures without Andrew's help. Right. But I mean, I got through it and it could also be partially due to Andrew and maybe Andrew did not, would not have been able to get through something without, you know, other people around him like me, maybe me. I don't know. I but, yeah. agree with that. So yeah, but basically the workload's a lot. <laughs> That's where we're, we're rounding it back down to the workload's a lot. And it helps a lot when there's someone around you that can, because you know, Andrew, here, here's a likely scenario, Andrew, like you are going to be able to do a portion like we're, we're actually working on a project right now for Thermo, right? And maybe Andrew's able to understand conceptually what's going on. And this could be a very realistic scenario, but I know that if he tells me conceptually what to do, I could apply it then in code, right? Yeah, that's like super, super true. I always think about that. How like, I imagine one day I'm going to be in a group at like a job and I'm going to be like that crazy guy at the whiteboard that's like explaining stuff. Mm-hmm. And they're gonna be like, "Yeah, keep going. We could do. We could work with this." You know, I, I right, have right. that like vision. I guess that's super true, though. It's like yeah. it's so you, you have to work with a team. Like I know it's super cons- like 
it sounds really corny, but like teamwork is super important. And and I know your professor is like always like, oh, you know, get used to it. You're gonna have to work in teams in the future. But it's like I speak the truth. Yeah, it's so true now. Like I I I would I would tend to agree that prior to this year, I don't think that like that whole thing was necessarily true. But now it's like more true than ever, I think. Right, right. And that's that's what I'm getting at. Like so Andrew can try to figure out how to code what he's knowing in his head, right? We're going with this example again, right? And he can spend and toil for hours trying to do it. I don't know, maybe it might take him 30 minutes, right? But it could take him hours too. But I, being someone that's more comfortable, would be able to, with his instruction, be able to do it, you know, let's say in like in like 10, 15 minutes, right? And vice versa. I could try to understand the conceptual aspect of our thermodynamics project and then try to code it out. And it might take me hours to understand it conceptually. But if Andrew explains it to me and he dumbs it down for me, then I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And then, you know, we can chug along, right? You, you cut down on the time spent, you know, and you still learn. It's just, it just, it's just a win-win situation. And so working in a group, um, especially with all of this workload that we're now, we, we keep on emphasizing, expect your workload to go up, right? Um, it's very important that you work in a group. It's very important that you time manage as well. And that's, I think that I don't know how much you've improved in time management, but uh, oh, that's something that's disgusting. That it's disgusting how well, how, how much better you got at it. I don't know if it's how much better I got. It's, it's just that I, it's disgusting because that's like all I can like think of. Like I'm constantly like, okay, what's next? Like I'm like, you know, yeah, like in a vicious cycle, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> we said this last episode, but Andrew has issues with not having work ahead of him. He's like, He's like, uh, if, if you don't put something in front of him, he's going to freak out. He's going to have an existential crisis. He's like, I, I must work. And I'm like, I can read like one of these 96 books that I have to read, but I refuse <laughs> to do that. <laughs> yeah. But Andrew's like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I have no work in front of me. I mean, that's when you rest, Andrew. He's like, what is rest? <laughs> My caveman brain's like, do work. You must do be work. missing something. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's something, right? Like, you know, Expect a lot of work, but with the right tools in front of you, it's going to be fine. Yeah, like it's fine. People have gotten, I, I, you know, people have gotten through this program and will continue to get through this program. It's brutal. It's unforgiving, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's manageable to some All extent. Right. So, so what, what else is there to expect out of going into, you know, from community college into i guess university i you know one thing that i would recommend and i think it's like super underrated is meeting with your advisor like multiple to at least i do it every semester if you could do it every semester it's great i would do if i could i'd probably do every twice a semester to verify because like the thing is like you have to take so many classes you know people could easily overlook something maybe somebody has a bad day I want as many eyes on my like transfer degree progress report as possible to so mm -hmm. I know that I'm getting out in three years. Um, I I would also recommend prior to starting the your years here at CPP have a plan. I did not have a plan coming into CPP. I didn't have my semesters mapped out, which I wish I did. I would have been more aware of what I was getting myself into, I guess, because mm -hmm. like you said. You didn't know you were going to do three years. I didn't know I was going to do three years here. It's just, you know, on orientation day, they're like, hey, three-year program. You're like, what? 
I was in denial. I was absolutely <laughs> in denial because what happened was that at, at community college, my counselor told me, yeah, no, no, like you're going to get out in two years as long as you take these classes. And you know what? Those classes, first of all, did not help me because it, the, what it did is it dropped down my GPA. <laughs> and then second of all, like they're like, I, I'm, I'm doing three years of university and uh, I don't regret it at this point, but I remember like I was going through, a, I was like an existential crisis and I keep on using that word. But again, remember, we're talking about our first initial like experience from transferring. Right. And like, I was like, wait, three years. I, I was promised two years. I did everything so that I do two years. And then now you're going to add 50% on more than what I, I originally was promised. Like you're going to add in another year. And it was you know, now, you know, I'm fine with it. But at the time I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Yeah. I would, you know, have a plan. I didn't make my plan until I think my second semester at CPP, which is fine. It didn't hinder me at all. Um, It would just, it's good to know where you're going and, you know, what you have to do because Mm -hmm. I was, you know, making my schedule as I was taking classes. So it could, I could easily missed a class. Like, you know, there's a class that you take as uh, you could take as a sophomore, which you could take as a second year transfer or a second semester transfer systems. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't think to ask to get an ad code for that class, you could easily miss it. And then you'd have to take it in the spring. A lot of our classes are only offered once a semester. So that could set you back. Um, there's a lot that goes into planning your semester to maximize, you know, your time at the school. Mm-hmm. Um so I would definitely, you know, this is specific to our school. Look into that. Make a, pl- a schedule. If you can avoid it, don't take senior design and senior project at the same time. You can avoid that if you plan properly. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do both at the same time. It's just I heard a little bit brutal. You'll tell us how it is next year. And- <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks for uh, reminding me of the situation I was forced into. I didn't want to do it myself, but yes, I'll be taking that rad combination. But- um. You know, there's there's a lot of like little trip tricks and and you know things that you'll pick up on as you progress, but uh, some small things like you know using planners and time management, studying with the groups, all those things are gonna help have a more smooth transition into CPP. Yeah, I'd say. I mean, we're, we're what we're all saying, like what Andrew and I are saying, we're just we're just trying to help mitigate the anxiety because change is gonna happen, right? For, I mean, hopefully the people that are listening are <laughs> mostly going to be transfer students and change is coming. And in order to help you mitigate these changes in a way or to mitigate anxiety, not mitigate change, help make it run smoothly. Like, you know, the, I don't know, like take on the advice that we, I, I guess, say. And uh, yeah, like what Andrew said, it's a very good idea to, you know, plan things out because um, we're hearing horror stories of people that are going to have to stay an extra semester or sometimes even an extra year because they didn't plan things out in from the get-go and uh, you know people are really regretting not having their gpa stay up there and we we did say gpa is not everything but it's something for that first job it's something for that first internship and because they didn't know about the difficulty of certain classes they didn't know about um, taking advantage of working in a group and you know, networking. And I think that's really another thing too, because I think something that a lot of us, like we didn't have when we first came in to universities, we didn't know the professors. 
right? Yeah. We didn't know we didn't know what kind of professors like if you told me at the beginning of my time at Cal Poly Pomona about, you know, we'll see Dr. Coburn, great professor. If you told me about him, I would have I, I, if you asked me how is this guy, I would have no idea. I would just take him, right? But then the thing is like I, I'm pretty sure I'd be thoroughly shocked going into his class without having heard about him at first, which some students do, right? But uh, you know, again, it's another thing also, like it's important to network because if you know other students that are already a part of the program, you get a feel and understanding of maybe who to take, who not to take in accordance to what kind of class culture or structure you like and all that stuff. Right. Um, but until, you, you know, until you get familiar by, you know, networking or being in, in school for a prolonged period of time, you're not really going to have this. And so um, getting to know people getting to uh, you know talk to advisors and counselors like Andrew said these are all things that help you um, I guess collect enough information to make a, a good judgment call on your own as well so yeah for sure yeah. I agree and that's definitely what I did I was I was extremely scared you know I didn't know like taking certain professors meant I wasn't gonna get a you know a good education necessarily because like maybe it's just not my own teaching style that I like to go after right um, but if you go out there and you ask, then it will most likely be provided. And so I, I, I yeah. guess that's, yeah. School's way better with friends. So much better. <laughs> I guess we're just saying, hey, guys, like you guys are in STEM. You know, I know you got, some of you guys, are, you know, have a hard time talking to people. I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. But basically the, the idea is go out and have friends, you know, even if it's a Zoom university, you know, it's, it's good to connect. Make a Discord. Talk to friends. Oh, please don't you make know. a Discord. Just don't I have, use a I'm Discord. I'm in too many of those. Oh, yeah. Don't. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Discord. Invite us to your Discord. We'll be happy to join. Right, Johnny? <laughs> please don't. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. If you make a Discord, I don't know if I'll regret saying this. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Do you have anything else to say about that? No. Invite us to your Discord. Send Invi- it to our email. The invitations are going to expire, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess to the, the moral of the story today, you know, in, in all our rambling and talking is like transfer is, is anxiety like ridden. Yes. There's so much change that's going to happen. And really the best thing you can do to be able to mitigate that anxiety um, to mitigate imposter syndrome and so on is really just to go in and get to know people, get to know the culture, get get yourself uncomfortable for a little bit, or else you're really going to be uncomfortable for a longer period of time. Just get it all over with that, that in the beginning, like rip off the bandaid, right? Yep, I agree. Yeah, and that I think that would be the perfect formula for having an enjoyable time at your university, wherever that may be, transferring from CC. So. Um, yeah, join a club. If you could join oh, yes. a club the first semester you're there, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I kind of regret not doing that. I I, I never mentioned that, but I, my first year I was working, like the whole year, I think. Or not a whole year, but first six months, and that kind of put me out of commission for the rest of the six months. I, I was working as well, and, and I lived far, so clubs for me were like kind of wishy-washy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I definitely regret not joining a club my first semester, Um, but... I, you know, it's okay. You're I've made fine. up for it. Yeah. yeah, you definitely have. I think I have as well. And so, yeah, yeah. get active because it, it, it pads your resume as well. And it also gets you in contact with people that are um, 
you know, if they're in a club, they're probably a little bit more passionate as well. And you can develop that passion and you get to learn a lot more as well outside of the classroom. So yep. uh, again, another good nugget of wisdom from Mr. Andrew Diamond himself. That's right. That's what I'm here for. Yeah. The man of wisdom. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that. <laughs> but He's Johnny, only, yeah, yeah. Go oh, on. No. Uh, I was, I'm sorry for interrupting you. I was going to say, you have a question for me, I heard. I do have a question. I, I was just going to say, first of all, Man of Wisdom also did say to invite us to a bunch of Discord servers. And bro, I'm in like 20 of those already. Hey, so, why not make it another 20? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, let's make it 40, man. At least over the summer, I'm pretty sure most of them will you know, disappear. So, hey, if you guys want to talk, I'm happy to talk with y'all. I love talking. That's we why could, I made this podcast with Andrew. Question. Or, yeah. you know, we're on... I don't remember my my Reddit name, but you probably can find it somewhere. Yeah. I forget yours too. I was going to say. 92. Oh yeah, there you go. I think mine's carrot cake 314. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> I always thought it was so funny because you don't like carrot cake. Okay, proceeding on. It was It's an inside joke with a friend. So my question for you is, and this is not a question regarding, it's just a fun question, just to get to know you a little bit more, Andrew, and how you think and you know the listeners around us can probably know a little bit more about you through this question is, and so the question is, geez, if you can talk to anybody in the industry, did I already ask this question? No. Great. Awesome. If you can talk to anybody in, in, in this industry, we'll say dead or alive. Oh, Who would you want to talk to? That's such a hard question. Do, do like... you need some time to think about it? I have one in mind. That's why. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So for me, it would be Clarence Kelly Johnson. Okay. That was so that was so easy for me. I know. Um, I was like, I expected that, but it's either that or and, and maybe we can do an episode on Clarence Kelly Johnson because maybe some people don't know who he is. It'd either be him or it'd be Ben Rich. And I don't, do you know who Ben Rich is actually? No. Ooh. Okay. Well, let me tell you about Clarence Kelly Johnson, and that is directly correlated with Ben Rich. So I would want to talk to Clarence Kelly Johnson. This guy is amazing. He created one of my favorite planes, a U two. He was the chief engineer for Skunk Works, or what they used to call back in the day Skunk Works. And so I feel like this guy's just a treasure trove of um, knowledge, absolute knowledge, engineering knowledge. And um, I, my understanding of him is he, you know, he's a little bit old school, but that's fine. I would just want to try to pick this guy's brain and try to figure out how this guy thinks. Um, he created the U2, the SR 71. He created, I, he didn't create the F-117, but he's the one that basically led Skunk Works, which is um, Lockheed Martin's own, they call it, I guess they call it Black Projects, like their own secret projects. And so um, a lot of these iconic planes came out of Skunk Works, which um, Clarence Kelly Johnson was the first engineer, chief engineer of the project. And so, yeah, this guy's an iconic guy, very well-known father of, I would say, modern... Um, what what is say defense airplanes? Is that fair for me to say? Uh, but yeah, great guy. And then also his predecessor is a very well-known guy as well. His name's Ben Rich. I would not mind talking to him as well. Unfortunately, he passed away. They both passed away. But Ben Rich was the predecessor of Clarence Kelly Johnson that also led Skunk Works right after him. And Ben Rich was the one that actually headed the first stealth plane ever to be created, which was the F-117. And he's the one that kind of um, spearheaded the project and recognized the importance of stealth technology, which is now 
used widely across the US. But at the time, you know, it was not so big. And it was like a people considered it a gamble. So yeah, but Clarence Kelly Johnson, and I would definitely not mind talking to Ben Rich either. So those are the two people I'd want to talk to. I I, I managed to fit in two. So Andrew, in that time, you must have fit in four, knowing the genius behind you, Mr. Diamond. <laughs> so please give, give me, me way the person. <laughs> well, you don't uh, give yourself enough, so I just need to compensate for it. So hey, thanks, man. Uh, you yeah. know, I don't have like that like I guess that role model person in aerospace that you do. I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it, it would be like really cool to work, to talk to some of the people that like worked on the Apollo program. And of mm. course, like, you know, you could think of some of the greats like Warner Von Braun or whatever it is, but um, I don't know, you know, I guess in part it would be some of those people, but I think the people that resonate with me more are people actually around us. Mm-hmm. And so when you said that, I actually, the first person I immediately thought of is one of our professors who's not a structures professor, even though he's a great guy to talk to. I thought of actually Dr. Nakjiri. Uh, and it's yes. ironic enough that we will be talking to him shortly. Um, and I, I just think it's really cool because I, and the reason why I say is because like he's a professor that does so much for the department and he oversees so much and like he really cares. And so I always wondered like, you know, what drives him and, and, you know, why do the, go down the path that he want, did go down mm-hmm. cause he has so much talent and he's such a brilliant guy. Like, you know, why, you know, why teach us, you know, why do you right. really just want to inspire the next generation or what it is? And, and this is a professor who almost every semester, almost every year places top five in national design competitions through like AIAA or, or whatever, you know, program it is. So I don't know. It's just like his, his drive, I guess. I'd like to know mm-hmm. more about that. And it's really cool that we'll actually be talking to him. So some of these questions can be answered. Right. Um, and just like what, I guess what motivates him, what, what, um, what drives his aerospace passion. Yeah. That is definitely I, uh I'm I'm intrigued as well now that you're saying that. I wonder Dr. Nakjeri. Yeah. Very, so I know it's not as exciting as Clarence Kelly Johnson, but you know you, you know, it's different. It's, and it's, it's also it's different. Yeah, it definitely it's, is. It's relevant to us because not that I'm not saying that the SR seventy one wouldn't be incredible nowadays, but it is a relic of the past and it's, you know, retired. And so professors that are around us that have worked, you know, in industry, you know, continue to train us are producing product, if you want to call us product, uh, that will be working on, you know, future missions and current technology and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it intrigues me, you know, I'd like to ask him where he sees the future of aerospace and stuff like that. So stuff like that, you know, really makes me wonder. So that's why I said what I did. Mm. That is a very good answer. And I know that you just talk crap on the SR-71, but I will forgive you for that. Hey, man, I'm just saying. <laughs> Instead, you're saying students are more important than the SR-71. And to that, I can agree with you because, you know, I, I entirely Some agree students. with your logic. Some students. Oh, whoa, I'm just whoa, kidding. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to get crucified for that. That's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> Andrew's proud. Andrew's proud of that. Cancel me. But very good answer. Very good answer. And I agree with you. Uh, I'm looking forward. I guess that is a preface of it because I think our next episode is actually with Dr. Nakachiri. I might yeah, be I think wrong. so. If we map out, honestly, me and Johnny have like this crazy schedule going on right now. So we're recording like all this content so you guys can get content for the next like four or five weeks. <laughs> whatever it is so we don't know what's going on yeah we're hey you'll hear it when you hear it still trying to figure it out yeah if you guys want to know the truth this is not week 13 for us <laughs> yeah so but it's fine you know yeah. we're gonna push through it on that yeah. note i think well if you have any questions for us or any of our future guests coming up aka dr nakjiri um emails at airhawks anonymous podcast at gmail.com or if you manage to get in touch with us on Reddit, that's fine. If you also invite us to a Discord, we may or may not join. Yeah. Oh, that changed right now, didn't it? May or may not. It went from may to may or may not, I see. Hey, man, my Discord blows up enough as it is. I agree with you. But All right. On that note, Johnny. I guess we're out. Later, guys. <laughs> <laughs>